I enjoy their singing and uh, the stringed instruments and flute and so forth, and I'm thankful um, for the whole family and their, their singing here. So again, just want to remind us as we are considering this month as pastor is out, um, that we would um, give to him in, uh, for pastor appreciation. I can't emphasize that enough um, whenever, uh, just to, to be a blessing to our pastor. And this month is pastor appreciation month. And so I'm um, give a love offering to our pastor. And he's been so faithful and his wife has been so faithful uh, through the years. And so let's open our Bibles this morning to the book of Isaiah chapter number 12. Isaiah chapter number 12. <clears throat> I encourage you to come back tonight. Um, we're continuing our uh, study with uh, through the Bible this morning in Sunday school. We were in the book of Ruth, and uh, this evening we'll be in the book of First Samuel. And we'll just continue going through book by book as the Lord gives open doors to preach that way. But uh, um, this morning we're going to kind of detour off of that to Isaiah chapter number twelve. Isaiah chapter number twelve. We'll begin. In verse number one, Isaiah chapter number 12, beginning in verse number one, the Bible says, And in that day thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise thee. Though thou wast angry with me, thine anger is turned away, and thou comfortest me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also is become my salvation. Therefore, with joy shall ye draw water out of the wells of salvation. And in that day ye shall say, Praise the Lord. Call upon His name. Declare His doing among the people. Make mention that His name is exalted. Sing unto the Lord, for He hath done excellent things. This is known in all the earth. Cry out and shout, thou inhabitant of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in the midst of thee. And let's go ahead and pray. This morning, Father, as we come to you, Lord, God, we want nothing more than for you to be glorified today among us. And so, God, as we come to you, God, I pray that you take your word and God, by the power of your spirit, that you would um, glorify yourself among us. God, we need your presence uh, to be with us. God, I pray that you would settle down among us here today, arrest our attention on the scriptures. God, uh, help us to love you, to love each other. I pray if there's any among us today that are not saved, God, that today would be the day they call upon you. God, for those of us that are saved, as we look at this passage of Scripture, I pray that we would have a greater appreciation for the salvation that you've given to us. We pray in Jesus' name, amen and amen. As we read this uh, chapter of the Bible, it's uh, no doubt that the book of Isaiah is a very, um, what some would consider a hard-hitting book. There's a lot of prophecy in this book. But at the same time, there's a lot of uh, um, strong preaching calling out the sin of the people. And when you read this particular chapter of the Bible, um, it, it's, it, it almost reads like it's a psalm. It, it stands apart a little different than the rest of the, the chapters of this book. And it's dealing with, in particular, what is known as the millennial reign of Christ. And whenever you look forward in Bible prophecy, um, we're living in a time of grace. Um, there's going to come a seven-year uh, tribulation. And after that seven-year tribulation, there will be known as what is the, the battle of Armageddon. And uh, Jesus will come and establish His earthly kingdom and rule and reign for 1,000 years. After that, um, the devil is loosed for a season. And, uh, and then from there is the great white throne judgment. And then the new heaven 
and the new earth. You know, often people say whenever a person passes away, oh, they're walking on streets of gold. Um, streets of gold don't come till after that thousand-year millennium, and we need to get our um, eschatology in alignment, amen? And so that, that's in the future. But this passage right here is the millennial reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. He will establish a new heaven and a new earth from which He will rule, and there will be no sin in the land. But in this earth, He's still going to rule. And he's going to rule for a thousand years. And the curse will be lifted. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm thankful on one of these days that curse is going to be lifted. Um, that curse of sin, you look out and you see in this world just the, the dread of sin and the result of sin. The Bible says sin, when it is finished, bringeth forth death. Uh, whenever Adam and Eve um, ate the fruit of the garden, he said that they thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. And when they ate, uh, they died spiritually and there was a curse on the land um, as a result of that sin. And, and the reason we have thorns and thistles is because of that curse. And the reason for death in this land is because of that curse. The reason um, for murder and for hatred and for um, immorality and even things as, as horrible as rape and molestation and all that. It's all the result of sin. Let me say this here today on a side note. I hate sin. I really do. And I hate the consequences of sin. And sadly, um, sin doesn't just affect the person that's committing it. Often it affects those around them as well. And so you see here, God is going to come to this earth, a sin-cursed earth, and He is going to take that curse off this land. And He's going to rule for a thousand years. I look forward to that day when He rules. And so this chapter of the Bible is dealing with that day. And so we, we look at this, and it's dealing with the millennial reign of Christ. It's not to be confused with the new heaven and the new earth. Again, it reads like a psalm. And let me also say this, in the midst of a backslidden pagan nation, Isaiah stands and declares the true and living God. Um, do we not live in similar, day, similar days? Um, we live in a, a society today that no longer believes in God. I don't want to say that America is backslidden. America is lost. It truly is. And we see the, the sin of the land and the immorality of the land. And we see um, people have believed everything and anything except the God of this book. And they've turned their back on God. And now our nation is waving its fist in the face of God and says, God, this is your way. We're going to do opposite of your way. And you see just the sin that is in the land, and, and that's how the people were in the land of Israel during this time. Anything God said, they did what they wanted to do. As we read in the book of Ruth, it said every man did that which is right in their own eyes. Um, they, they could care less about pleasing God. They can care less about what God thought. All they wanted to do was please themselves and fulfill the craving of their flesh. And so there's sin all across the land. They go after pagan gods. They're bowing down to them. They're, they're getting these um, statues and they're forming them and making them these idols. And then they turn around to those idols and they say, these be our gods. 
They made us. And let me say this. God said in the book of Isaiah that He is God and beside Him there is none else. You look at the commandments of the Lord. Thou shalt have no other God before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven images. And yet here they were disobeying those commands of God's. And I want to ask us here this morning, have we built gods in our life? Have we built things in our life that causes us to turn away from God, giving Him the glory that is due His name? And we rather indulge ourselves in the sin that is in this world or do we seek to please God Almighty? So that's the condition of the people. And you read in verse 1, um, God is very wroth with this sinful state. Verse 1, it says, And in that day thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise thee. Look at here. Though thou wast angry with me, thine anger is turned away, and thou comfortest me. God was not pleased with their sin. He was angry with their sin. But I'm thankful the Bible says in the book of Psalms, there is forgiveness with God. And God is merciful. And God is gracious. Another word for God is long-suffering. He, he puts up with us again and again and again and again. Just because we're not faithful, that doesn't stop God from being faithful. He is God today. And so you see this restoration of God's people in this millennial reign. And let me say this here. Um, those who are saved and, and live for the Lord, um, they're, they're going to rule as kings and priests during that time, the Bible says. I look forward to that day. I want to hear the words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. I want to live my life in such a way that when that day comes, I'm not going to be ashamed of how I lived during that time. And so God is now restoring these people, despite their sinfulness and backslidden nature. And so as you look at this, we're going to find three simple points here out of this passage of Scripture as we consider the God of salvation this morning. The first is this, the God we serve. Again, you read in verse 1, In that day thou shalt say, O Lord, I will praise thee. Thou wast angry with me, and thine anger is turned away, and thou comfortest me. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust uh, and not be afraid, for the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also is become my salvation. The first thing we see in this passage of Scripture as we consider the, 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 the millennial reign of Christ and the curse being lifted. We see all these different things, the great blessings that are there. Yet, despite all those great things, the number one thing we see in it is God Himself, God Himself, ruling and reigning. Um, the word there used, uh, the Lord, and then it says God, and then it says Jehovah. Um, I find it interesting that it has three names um, for our God, and I just I think that's interesting because we believe in the Father, we believe in the Son, and we believe in the Holy Spirit. The Bible says, for there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit, and these three are one. And so you see here the Lord, a self-existing God. You see God, um, who is our salvation. You see Jehovah. You see the self-existing God, this God who is Lord, this God who is most high. And as you consider that thought, they're coming and giving glory to God, and he's reminding them of this future time because in the moment, as Isaiah is preaching to them, they are not giving glory to God. Again, that they're making these statues and these idols, and they're, they're worshiping them as if they are the gods. And as you consider that thought, uh, it's a very foolish thing to go out to the mountains and cut down a branch and carve it out and say, here's a God. But that's exactly 
Exactly what they were doing. And let me say this, the same thing goes for the saints as well. Amen. And all that sort of thing. Though Those things are not gods. If you had to make them, there's nothing special about them. You say, well, they talk to me. That's a demon that's in them. Amen. That's not a god in there. And, and I've heard stories of stuff like that happening. But nevertheless, here they are making these idols, these false gods, and they're bowing down before them and worshiping them even to the point where they're sacrificing their own children to these pagan gods. And as they sacrifice their children to these gods, there's a God in heaven who stands above the rest. He is the most high, the Bible says. Isn't it interesting whenever Jesus walked the face of the earth, they said the son of the most high. Who would say that? It would be demons that would say that. Foul spirits, they recognized who he is. Um, he is above all. The Bible says that God is Lord of lords and king of kings. And our earth uh, may have kings, it may have rulers, it may have lords, but there's a God in heaven who's in control and he's above all those things. And I'm thankful that God is in control. The Bible says the Lord reigneth from on high. And I'm thankful that God today is in heaven and he has the reins of this earth and he's setting the direction of what we see and what we know. And we look at all that's going on and all that we see and it may have surprised us, but let me say this, it didn't surprise God, amen. He's working out all things together for good to them that love him who are the called according to his purpose he is God today he is in control he is high he is lifted up he is above all he is the almighty he's God he's God and so when they're in this creation of God that is has the curse lifted there's all the beauty of a sin-free earth and yet above that stands the glory of our God he deserves that glory. Amen. You remember when Jesus, when they see him there, um, rise up to take the, the book and, and the, who is worthy? And he was worthy. And they cry out, worthy is the lamb that was slain. He is worthy today. He is worthy. And so you see the God that we serve. In a nation prone to idolatry, Isaiah was inspired to not only declare God, but to declare him as high, holy, and self is existing. All the gods of this world will crumble at the feet of our God one day. I look forward to that day. So you see first the God that we serve. Secondly, you see the goodness of our God. Again, let's look at verses 2 and now verse number 3. The Bible says, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also has become my salvation. Therefore, with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. See, I'm a Baptist preacher, so I like to alliterate everything. And so there you go. You say, what's alliterating? Where all the points start with the same letter. And so you see there, um, we have here, um, He is our strength, He is our song, and He is our salvation. Amen. It's all right there in the verse. I'm thankful um, for that. It makes it easy because I, I, I'm pretty simple when it comes to my sermons. But you read this passage here and you see the goodness of our God. It says there that He is our strength. Now to imply for God to be our strength or to, to believe that God is our strength, it implies that we're weak. 
We're weak. And let me say this. Every single one of us today in this room is weak. At our best, we're sinners. Amen. Someone once said, I'm nothing but a dirt clot with a breath of life in it. Amen. That's all I am. And we're, we're weak here. We're human. We're frail. We're flesh. We sin. We're prone to wander. Even at our best, we're nothing. And yet God is self-existing. God can be God without man, but man can't be man without God. And you find here that God is God and He is our strength. And I'm thankful today that God is good to us and He is that strength for us. Uh, we are unable, we are unworthy, and we are not strong in our own strength, but God is strong. God is our strength. God is all-powerful. God is almighty here today. And so you see here, He is our strength this morning. Hold your place in, in this passage of Scripture. Let's go to Romans chapter number 5. Romans chapter number 5 this morning. And as we turn to Romans 5, remember, He is our strength, He is our song, um, He is our salvation. We're going to look at three passages of Scripture that talk about God being our strength, our song, and our salvation. So Romans chapter number 5, and we'll begin in verse number 6. Romans chapter 5 and verse number 6. The Bible says, For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died... For the ungodly, for scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We find here the strength of God here in our salvation. As you look at this passage, the Bible says, We were yet without strength in due time. Christ died for the ungodly. See, I wasn't able to save myself. I wasn't worthy to save myself. I couldn't work my way to heaven in order for me to be saved. I couldn't do the work of salvation. So Jesus Christ came, and he hung on an old rugged cross, and they put nails through his hands and nails through his feet and a crown of thorns in his head and whipped him across his back and spat upon him and ripped the beard from his face and mocked him and ridiculed him. All of that for you and for me because we couldn't save ourselves. He came and died on the cross in our place and as you consider that thought, he died. He was buried for three days and for three nights, and up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph over his foes, and we find that he conquered death, hell, and the grave, and we who are unable to save ourselves can be saved, not by our work, but by the finished work of the Lord Jesus Christ. What he did on Calvary, that is our strength. We can't do it on our own. Religion can't cut it. Good works can't cut it. Baptism doesn't cut it. Um, giving an offering plate doesn't cut it. None of those things cut it. I look at these walls here of this church. Let me say this. I can go and put a knife through a wall. No blood's going to come out of that wall. Why? Because no church will save. It's Jesus and Jesus alone that saves. He's the one that saves. He is our strength. He gives the ability for us to save. He makes a way when there was no way. I'm thankful for the strength of God. I was dead in my sins, but now I'm alive. Not because of me, but because of Him. He said, it is finished. I'm thankful He didn't say, I am finished. Because He wasn't done, amen. He said, it is finished. He paid the debt of sin and gave us the opportunity to be saved. And so I'm thankful He is our strength. He is our song. Let's go in our Bibles to the book of Psalms. Psalm number 40. 
this morning, Psalm number 40. Psalm number 40. Here's our song here today. We're reading verse number 1. Psalm number 40 and verse number 1. The Bible says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined unto me and heard my cry. Psalm 40, verse number 2. He brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock, and established my going. He hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear, and shall trust in the Lord. He is our song. Now, I know we joke about this in the school and all that. I, I can't sing. I'm trying to learn how to carry in a tune in a bucket, but I need a pretty big bucket, amen, to get that going. But I love to sing. I do. Because I know where God saved me from. Just the other day, I got word that the preacher that led me to the Lord is in heaven. He died. Some of you know Pastor Wood from Rio Grande Baptist Church in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Um, faithful man. Faithful man. I remember it was an anniversary service that he had been there, and I didn't know how to express my, my gratitude for being saved. I didn't know all the Christian lingo or anything like that, but I knew he's the one that led me to the Lord. And after church that night, as everyone was saying thank you, he'd been there for like 30 years, and I said, I don't know how to say this, but thank you for, for saving me. And he looked at me, and he said, what do you mean, who saved you? I said, well, Jesus. He goes, yeah, Jesus, he's the one that saved you. I just pointed you to him. And, and I remember um, just that day that I got saved. And, and I'm not sure about you, but man, I never, ever get over being saved. And this psalmist is writing, and he talks about that horrible pit, the miry clay. I know the pit that I was in when I got saved. I know the clay that had, was pulling me down, and, and I know the sin that was in my life, and, and it was going to take me to a devil's hell. But I knew there was a Savior who, who died on a cross for me, and I called on His name as a 16-year-old boy, and I got saved, and I remember that night that I got saved. It was the last Wednesday night of October. Here this month coming up, it's going to be 20 years that I've been saved. 20 years. And I look at my wife, I look at my kids, I look at the ministry I have, and none of it, none of it I would have if it wasn't for the good grace of God in my life and saving me. And I look at that, I know the pit I was in, but I know the palace God has me in today. And no, I'm not perfect, and no, our family's not perfect, and, and we make mistakes, but let me say this, I'm thankful to be saved. I'm thankful to be saved, and, and it makes me want to sing. It makes me want to shout. There's times I go out, and I get so overwhelmed when I read the Bible. It's like, I have to tell somebody what he's done for me because he's been so good, so good. And we ought to want to sing, and, and that song from our heart is an expression of the salvation God has given to us and the gratitude we have. It bothers me when people don't want to sing because it makes me wonder, did you get what I got? Because what I got um, gave me joy. It gave me hope. It gave me a new life. It gave me eternal life. Spared me out of hell. He's my song. He's my strength. He's my song. He's my salvation. Go to Isaiah chapter 41. 
When we're there in, in, in chapter 12, it talks about the, the wells of salvation. Isaiah 41, in verse number 16. Isaiah 41, in verse number 17, rather. Verse number 17. It says, Isaiah 41, verse 17. When the poor and needy seek water, and there is none, and their tongue faileth for thirst, I, the Lord, will hear them. I, give, I, the God of Israel, will not forsaken. I will open rivers and high places and fountains in the midst of the valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land springs of water. I will plant in the wilderness the cedar and the chitta tree and the uh, myrtle, myrtle and the oil tree. And I will set in the desert the fir tree and the pine and the box tree. That, that's my kind of place to hang out, amen. Waters and big trees, amen. And then you go, verse number 20. That they may see and know and consider and understand together that the hand of the Lord hath done this and the Holy One of Israel hath created. Again, this is talking about that restored earth. And in this restoration, physically, he's going to bring water forth. I don't know about you, but uh, it's been getting drier and drier, haven't you noticed? And it's not uh, global warming, and it's not all this other stuff that's out there. I think it's Bible. It's going to come to a point where it's going to get really dry. Water's going to be corrupted. You read the book of Revelation, it's going to be tainted. It's just what the Bible says. But he's going to restore that and bring water. Without water, there is no life. We understand that here today. We need water. I love my water. I like to drink water. And I drink a lot of water. You say, why is water so important to you? Because it makes coffee. Amen. And so I love water. I love coffee and that kind of thing. I saw a picture once and it said, you better not lay your hand on my coffee mug or I'm going to slap you so hard Google can't find you. Amen. And so I love my coffee. Amen. I love it. But water, you know, you go in the in, in the mountains and, and you find these valleys and, and there's little springs and water brooks and so forth and you see life there. You see lush life there. There's raspberries and mints. Just the other, yesterday we went out to, to Red River and we had to stop and, and uh, there on the side of the road by one of the forest roads and we're out looking for mint and even though things are already getting dry and, and winter's coming, we found some mint there I'm walking around. I smell the mint. Where's the mint? And to start digging in the grass and all that kind of stuff and find the mint. And, and there's, you know, I, I, I know I can take you right now in the mountains. They're probably already gone, but wild raspberries. I know places with wild apricot trees, um, plum trees, and all that different things, apple trees, and, and things like that. A pinon, amen. We love our pinon. Um, there, there was a lady once that heard about Taos and we were there, and she heard that Taos was a bunch of. Uh, filled with a bunch of tree huggers and it was pinon season and she didn't know what that was and there's a bunch of people under the trees gathering pinon she goes man they really are hugging trees and that kind of thing but uh, you go out to the mountains and and you find just all this bounty that's there because of water that's near that water but as things continue to um, progress in God's timeline I foresee more drought and famine it's just what the Bible says but there's going to come a day when he's going to restore that. And he's going to bring that water back and that life is going to come. Again, that's a physical water. And people are going to look, the Bible says in verse 20, it says that they may see 
and know and consider and understand that the hand of the Lord hath done this and the Holy One of Israel hath created it. It wasn't some cosmic accident, amen. It wasn't um, some um, you know, hiccup out in the universe um, where nothing exploded and here we are. There's a God in heaven who created this heaven and earth and we're going to look and see and consider and know God made this. God made it and we're going to see the life that God has, the bounty that God has the, the blessing, that God has the, the prosperity of the land, if you would, as you see the fruit um, that God has made. And we're going to look and say, God did this. He's my salvation. I get to live in this. I get to breathe this air. I get to eat of that fruit. God made this. He salvaged me. He put me here. It wasn't my own strength. It was His. But that's the a physical water. Go in your Bibles to the Gospel of John, chapter Number four, John chapter four. There's the woman at the well. Here, John chapter four. We'll begin in verse number nine. This woman is seeking for water. And Jesus is speaking with her. And I'm thankful the Bible says that Jesus must needs go through Samaria. Um, he, he went to the woman. Um, it wasn't looking for him. She was a, a, a Samaritan, half Jew, half Gentile. In their eyes, uh, she was a dog in the eyes of the Jew. Uh, but I'm thankful Jesus goes after the dogs as well, amen, because I was one of them. And I'm thankful he saved me. But uh, you look here in verse number 9. It says, Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, asketh drink of me, um, which am a woman of Samaria? Samaria, um, For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest ask of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give, of him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. And you find here, um, this woman went out empty with a pot, but she came back with the well of everlasting life. You say, what's that? She got saved that day. She got saved and God changed her life. She believed that Jesus was who he claimed to be. And she went out and said, come see a man who's told me all things ever I did. Is not this the Christ? And she brought a whole city to Jesus. Why? She was empty in sin. She had five husbands in her previous life. The man she was living with wasn't even her husband at the time. Uh, she, she was a woman uh, of the streets and yet Jesus reached out to the uttermost, or can I say, to the guttermost. Amen. And this woman got saved. I'm going to say this here today. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done. There's a fountain flowing from Emmanuel's veins. I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus. But let me say this. There's a well of everlasting life. The springs of salvation. Come and drink of this water, he said. Come to Christ. I'm thankful. I'm thankful that he is our salvation and it's the springs of salvation. That, that refreshing water, you can come to Christ and be saved. Let me say this the world will only fill you for a short amount of time the pleasures of sin will only fill you for a short amount of time but Jesus gives everlasting life and it fills forever and forever and forever that's that well of salvation here today I'm thankful for salvation here this morning so go back in your Bible to the book of Isaiah chapter number 12 
Isaiah chapter 12, we see the God we serve. He is Lord, most high, most holy, self-existing God. We see the goodness of our God. He is our strength. He is our song. He is our salvation. And then we see the glory that is due His name. In verse number 4, it says, Isaiah 12, 4, And in that day ye shall say, and this is what it says here, Hallelujah. Amen. Because that says, Praise the Lord. You'll say, Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Call upon His name. Declare His doings among the people. Make mention that His name is exalted. Sing unto the Lord, for He hath done excellent things. This is known in all the earth. Cry out and shout, thou inhabitant of Zion, for great is the Holy One of Israel in the midst of thee. The glory that is due His name. As we look at the glory that is due His name, I'm going to say this here today. It's a consecrated praise. It's the Lord. He is most high. He is most holy. Like He says later on in the book, I am the Lord. Beside me, there is none else. See, at the time, these people are giving glory to false gods, to pagan gods, to idols made with their own hands, giving glory to those. There's going to come a day when it's going to be praise to God and God alone. He is God alone today. Again, beside Him, there is none else a consecrated praise. He's going to get the glory that is due His name. We're to call upon Him. It says there in verse number 4 again, And in that day shall you say, Praise the Lord, call upon His name. Aren't you thankful we have a God that we can call upon? See, there's, there, I know there's some people in my life, if I need some help, I can call on them, and they'll help me to the best of their ability. But not everybody is able to help me. Not all times are people able to help me. There's times where they just they can't help us. They're, they're, they have other things they're doing. But we have a God in heaven who's interested in every single one of us. And we can call on Him in our time of need to find grace to help. And I'm thankful that we can. And so we call upon the Lord. We're consecrated in our praise. And there's a celebration that takes place. Look again at verse number 4. And in that day shall you say, Praise the Lord. Call upon His name. Declare His doings among the people. And make mention that His name is exalted. Sing unto the Lord. For He has done excellent things. This is known in all the earth. Cry out and shout. When I read this, it, it, it almost reminds me of really like a, some kind of tournament in, in basketball or football and that kind of thing. And, you know, you got a team going up against each other and they're neck at neck and that kind of thing. And, you know, they're down, you know, two points. They got to make a touchdown and all that kind of stuff. And there's, you know, 10 seconds on the clock and everything else. You know, I'm talking about that kind of instance there. And, 
and they make that pass. They snap the ball, they make that pass and barely cross the, the end zone line and they catch it and everyone starts shouting and cheering and, and they're excited and we, we won, we won and yeah, I go this and that and I almost said go Royals, amen. That, that's who I was a part of, amen, a real grand baptist. Go Eagles, amen, go Eagles and, and here we are just shouting and, and excited and just joy and everyone's uplifted and cheering and shouting and jumping up and down, hands in the air. I, I remember whenever Elisa took her antelope and I saw the thing drop, I jumped jump for joy out there in the field. And I said, did you guys see me jump for joy? He's like, yeah, my little jumped off the air. Yes, we got the antelope. And, and then I saw whenever Roland took down his and, and Brother Jason was back there and all of a sudden he's raising his hands in the air. It's like, yes, we got him. Just that, that celebration there. I'm just so excited, so overwhelmed with joy. And as you look at this and you see us in this new, in this uh, new rather the, the, the millennial reign, you find that the curse has been lifted. Um, salvation has been complete. He is ruling. He is reigning. He's getting the glory that's due His name. And all of us are there. And, and we're singing. And we're shouting. And we, we won the victory. The battle of Armageddon has just been done. And here we are praising God and giving glory to God during that time. Can I say this here today? Can I say this here today? We shouldn't wait till then to give glory to God. Amen. We ought to praise God today. Amen. And I'm not against a waving a hand in the air, giving a good hearty amen and, and that kind of thing. We ought to give glory, lifting up holy hands unto our God. He's worthy of all honor, of all praise, of all glory. And sometimes I feel it's like we got baptized in pickle juice. Amen. Let me say this. We're on the winning side. We're on the winning side. We have something to celebrate about. We have something to be excited about. We have something to look forward to. I'm thankful for the God of salvation here today. As we look at this, do you know that God, when did you get saved? When did you pass from death unto life? When were you born again? When did you ask Christ to save you? If you didn't, make that day today. But if you are saved, can I encourage you here? You have something to look forward to. I know it's dark. I know times are hard. I know we go through hardships and struggles of life, but we have something to look forward to. And if we're going to give Him glory then, we might as well give Him glory today. Amen. Let's just live our life for the glory of God. I'm giving Him the praise that is due His name. And so with that, let's go to the Lord in prayer.